All right. Well, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Let's try it again. Good morning. Oh, you sound so much better that way. Amen. Uh, look at your neighbor and uh, see how they look. Then I'll look the other way. One out of every three people is incredibly ugly. <laughs> but not in this room, amen? You know, um, the idea of a breakthrough, I want you to think about this word breakthrough. A breakthrough has to do with something is stopping me from getting where I need to go, right? And I need something, I need somehow to break through that that dilemma, that problem, that situation I find myself in so that I experience freedom. And I think all of us have had moments where we said, wow, I really need a breakthrough in this area. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in finance, whether it's in vocation, uh, whether just what you're praying about on a regular basis. I just need to see this happen in my life. Well, today we're gonna uh, talk about Jehoshaphat. How's that for a great name? Old Testament character and king who needed a breakthrough. He was being surrounded by three different armies and they were intent on destroying Israel in that moment. And he didn't know what to do. There was nowhere he could kind of reach down in and pull up bravado and say we're gonna be fine. He knew that he was done. And every one of us have had moments in our life when we said if something doesn't change, I'm gonna be done, or I'm gonna be, my life is gonna change radically. What I wanna do today is give you a roadmap to freedom, prosperity, and praise. Can you say those words with me? Freedom, prosperity, and praise. You see, the conflict in that situation that we're gonna read about in a minute, the conflict was really spiritual. And if we understand that the spirit realm has influence over thoughts and values of a culture, then when we get in this battle that we're in, we're not just dealing with humans, all right, who sometimes seem to be all the, all the conflict, but we're really going, what's going on behind the scenes here? What is happening? And the armies that came against Israel were driven by evil and seeking to destroy and rob and confuse. It was at that time that the king discovered, I believe, what I'm calling a roadmap a roadmap to freedom, prosperity, and praise. Now, the first thought I want you to put in your mind is, the, is this word position, all right? Position overcomes fear. Now, you say, well, what does that mean? Well, we're gonna get into it right now, deep. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse two. Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Now you notice what instantly happens in his life when he, when he hears about the enemy coming, fear. There's a natural human response that says, what am I going to do? Fear whatever. And that's just normal. You said that is normal, yes it is, but it's not helpful. So what you want to say is when fear comes, when, it, when a situation comes and fear comes in my heart, you want to be able to just go to a default mode of courage and faith in God. You don't ever want the problem to be bigger than your faith. You don't ever want to be overcome by a situation. You want to overcome a situation, amen? And you say, well, yeah, but you don't know my situation. Listen, all of us have had bad situations, right? 
And all of us have had those things, well, I don't think I'm gonna make it through this one. Or I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we're gonna give you a, a formula on how to work through that. It says here that he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah, so Judah gathered together, now listen to this, to ask help from the Lord, all right? It doesn't say that they sat around and talked about it. It doesn't say that they called their friend to find out what's the solution to this problem. What do you think? Have you ever been through this? Now, we all do that, but guess what? If your default response is, I'm going to God first, see what God is telling me, then I can seek wise counsel and figure out if I'm on the right track or I'm on the wrong track. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. Listen to what he says. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. You see, there's something about spiritual conflict that we don't understand sometimes. We think we have to fight. We think we have to get in the battle. But every time God wants to do a miracle, he always tells you to stand. Ephesians 6, he says, stand. Put on the whole armor of God, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Right? At the Red Sea, what did God tell Moses? Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. You see, you stand. Standing means that I'm gonna let God do what God does. It's not inactivity. Stand in your faith. Stand in the strength of the Lord. Don't be knocked over. Don't be pushed around. Don't get off balance when you're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a ballot, a battle. You need to stand. He says, if you will stand still, you and see, see the salvation of the Lord. So you see, when, when you're in a battle and God begins to fight your battles for you, guess what happens? You're gonna begin to see things fall in place. If you're deep in the trenches and you're out here fighting and you're battling on the wrong front and all those things, you, you don't feel or see what God is doing, but you just have to step back sometimes and say, God, I need you to work in this situation. God, I need you to, to give evidence so that my faith is encouraged along the way. And uh, you know, whenever you, you make this proclamation of faith and you say God is gonna do something, what's the first thing that happens? It gets worse. Have you ever noticed that? It's going like, this is getting worse. God, I trusted you. What's going on? God says, will you just allow me to work in your life? I, I can do this, but I can do this better without your help. You know, my friend Ben over here, when we were redoing this whole building, I said, what do you think it'll cost when we first bought it to do all this? He said, well, with volunteers, it'll cost twice as much. <laughs> and the whole idea is, if you don't know what you're doing, you're probably gonna get in the way, Amen. But you see, that's the, that's the idea. When you're walking with God, you say, God, you're better at this than I am. Show me what my part is. Maybe my part is prayer. Maybe my part is fasting. Maybe my part is reading scripture and waiting on the Lord. And when then God gives a strategy, I'm gonna say, okay, God, I'm gonna take the next prescribed step in the direction you gave me and see where that leads. I, I've always found that faith works better when we get started. You know, there's the, many of you have been to, to Florence, or at least you've seen pictures of Florence, and the Duomo there is, is, a, is a beautiful church, and that church, when they, they, they designed it with a dome, but nobody had ever built, built a dome before. And they knew it was gonna take years to build the church. Not, you know, it's not like a year, it's like years and years and years. And here's what they said. They said, by the time we get to the dome, we'll figure out how to build the dome. Faith is that way. You may not, you, God is gonna give you something and he says, by the time you get there, I'll give you insight on how to finish the project. I'll show you the completion of it. And it would be that dome that would then be modeled at the Dumo in Rome. 
and every other dome was based on what they did there in Florence. You see, so, so sometimes just say, I'm gonna get started in my faith journey. I'm gonna go this far and see where that leads me. If God keeps me going, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna take another step. I'm gonna take another step. I'm gonna keep taking another step until I see the answer to my prayer or I'm allowed to pivot and go in another direction. Sometimes God gets you so far so he can pivot you in another direction, amen? So you always gotta be mindful of what God is up to. Now look what it says. See the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Sometimes you forget God is with you. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the paraclete. That's the Greek word. It means the one who comes alongside of. He's not only in you, through you, and around you. He's with you. He comes along next to you. So wherever you go, you're, you're traveling with the Holy Spirit. How good is that news? Amen? And so he says, I am with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Now, two times he said, don't fear. I found something in Scripture. Whenever God says don't fear, there's something to fear. <laughs> you ever notice that? Like, don't fear. I wasn't afraid till you said that. <laughs> now, what, what, are we worry, what are we talking about here, God? But you see, God says, you'll have things to fear, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to win the battle. You're going to get through this. You know, Psalm 23 to me is one of the oddest scriptures and one of the most beautiful scriptures, right? He leads me beside still waters. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the love now, God, right? I got the babbling brook, the, uh, the babbling brook and it's, everything's good. And then it, it shifts, everything shifts. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh yeah, he's gonna take care of me. And then it says, he leads me through the valley of death. I don't wanna go. Couldn't we just go around, God? Why do we have to go through the valley of the shadow of death? But my rod and my staff, they're going to comfort you on that journey. Well, that's good, but we still could go around, God. Then we get through the valley. We make it. We think, oh, that's good. Then he prepares a table before me. Now it's good and good, right? He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. I'm loving this, God. This is what, this is my picture. And then he says, in the midst of my enemies. He takes the table. He, he gets it all ready. He's got us through this valley of the shadow of death we didn't need to go through, God. He puts us down there, and then he's surrounding us with enemies. You see, you can be at peace and in abundance in the middle of all your enemies, while your enemies are striving, while your enemies are trying to attack, you're at peace. It says, he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely good and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, spiritual conflict means that I'm at peace when there's conflict all around me. Spiritual peace means that when I'm in the battle, God is fighting the battle. I have to understand how to trust in the Lord with all my strength. Lean not on your own understanding, the Bible says. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. When I lean on my own understanding, I'm going, what should I do? Now, that's, not the, that's not the question. The question is, what is God gonna do? How is God gonna work in this situation? How can God use me? Because we are co-laborers on planet Earth. He's empowered us. He's given us wisdom and gifts to do great things. And it says here, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Look what it says. Tomorrow go out against him, for the Lord is with you. So position, what is position? It's the place that you occupy. 
You have a position, and you say, this is where I occupy. This is the city I live in. This is the job I live in. This is where I live. This is the family I live in. This is the position I occupy. Your position is in Christ. Occupy that position. The Bible says in Ephesians, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. You're seated, that's your position in Christ. And if you occupy that position, everything else looks different. Position is also the attitude of your heart. What does your heart tell you in the middle of a, of a, of a struggle, of a difficulty, a problem? If your heart's just flipping all, it's going crazy, going, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And on the outside, you're calm, but on the inside, the heart is just not working right. Step back and say, God, I want you to bring peace that passes all understanding to my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. Let God do that. The second word I want you to think about, position is the first one. The next one is prosperity or prosper. Now, I wanna show you how this is tied to faith. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. They arose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, it's so interesting that he puts these things together in that way. He says, believe in God. Now look at what it says here. Believe in God and you will be established. That's one part of the victory. Then he says something different. He says, now believe in the prophets and you will prosper. And I pondered that for a long time. Why would he have that division? Why would he talk about believe in God? I get that one. But why does he tie prophets to prosperity? You wanna know? Me too. What did the prophets say? The prophets, have you ever read in the scripture where it talks about the oracle of the prophet? And it's, it's, you won't see it in some of the newer translations, but it's a beautiful word. The oracle means God's mouth to your ear. And the prophets, when the prophets spoke, it was God's mouth to their ear, and God was speaking through the prophet. And that was a revelation of that day. You see, now we have what? We have God as man speaking to us. Holy Spirit in us speaking through us. But they had the prophets. And what did the prophets say? Well, remember what the prophet Malachi said in chapter 3 and verse 10 and 11? He said, bring, God says, bring all the tithes into the house that I might open up the windows of heaven. Get ready now. That you might be blessed. This is the word of a prophet. The prophet said, I want, God wants to prosper you, God wants to bless you, but you have to follow the formula. You have to follow the roadmap of God in this process. And I began to realize that, you know, what God is wanting to say here is you are established, you are established when you believe in the Lord. Established, what does that mean? I am set, I am secure, I'm not going anywhere, nothing's gonna change. You see, if your faith in God is not deep enough, when the storms come, you're gonna be like the guy that built his house on sinking sand, he goes like, the storms came and it blew it down and there was no foundation to hold it up. You know, how do I build the foundation? I build the foundation with faith, I build the foundation with reading the word. When I get the word of God in me, it becomes life. You know, I've been reading the book of Proverbs uh, on a daily basis for most of my Christian life. And I, and I read it with the day corresponding to the day of the month. And I've probably memorized a couple of thousand Proverbs but none intentionally. 
I can't even give you the references to them. But I've read them so much they become repetition. And when you store that up, you don't even know you've stored it up. And then when a situation demands, the Holy Spirit can draw from that and make application in your life. So you find yourself in a situation, all of a sudden, Scripture will come up. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You say, where's that at? I don't know. It's in there. You see, you don't have to always know the address in order to be in relationship. There's a lot of people's house you can get to, but you don't know their address. And if you take the word of God and just let the word of God soak into you, just let it be a part of your life, the Holy Spirit will draw from those situations in a marvelous way, just a powerful way, all right? So you're established when you believe, and faith comes how? Faith comes by hearing, let's say this together, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let's try that together one more time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How, can I, how do I grow in my faith? I just listen to the word of God. I read the word of God. I believe if you read the word of God out loud to yourself, it'll be even more powerful for you. You can listen to the word of God on, on tape. You can listen to it on a podcast. But take the word of God and just let it keep growing because the more you hear it, guess what? It's supernatural. It's not a book. It's the divine inspiration. That word inspiration, where it's talked about being the inspired word of God, it means God's breath. When you're reading the word of God, God is breathing out the character and the messages and the truth and the revelation on your life. You say, well, I read it and sometimes I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it all. Just read it. In fact, the book of Revelation says, blessed are those who hear and those who read the words of the Revelation. It doesn't say those who understand it. You mean I can read Revelation, not understand a word, and be blessed. That's what it said. I mean, how many of you have ever got into the book of Revelation and go like, I am in the weeds. I'm not sure what's going on here. I better turn back and go to the Gospel of John. Amen? <laughs> Same guy who wrote it. John wrote that, wrote that. But it's a divine revelation. See, it's a revelation of Jesus. He's showing you what Jesus is like. And here's John, he's on, you know, he's, he's on the Isle of Patmos and God lifts him out of that environment and puts him in heaven and he's able to look from heaven down to see the tribulation on the earth. Only two times the window's open in heaven. There, it says there's a door open in heaven in John cha- or Revelation chapter four and verse one and again in Revelation chapter 19 verse 11, two times the door's open. One for the rapture, one for the return of Christ. And God's got given him this insight and you say, like, when if, if you just know that about Revelation, you know that God has a plan. When you read it, when you get done, uh, you may have heard this story before, but when I was in seminary, I was playing basketball. Uh, I was much more fit then, in case you're wondering. I have about a one-inch vertical now. But I'm playing basketball, and I see the, the custodian. He's over there sitting, reading the Bible. And I go over, and I go, hey, what are you reading? He goes, I'm reading the book of Revelation. And I go, do you understand it? And he said, every word. I just sat down. I said, well, can you explain it to me? He said, I can do that really quick. I said, okay, what is it? Tell me what it means. What does it say? He says, we're going to win. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need to know. You're on the winning team. You're going to prevail. You're going to get through that mess. The enemy, whatever he puts against you, and he will try to put everything against you, God is going to knock it down. God is going to bring you through. God is on your side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Do not be of short faith. 
Do not be uh, uh, lacking in anything. Say, God, you're my, you're my rock. You're my salvation. You have all I got. You see, you will prosper when you believe the words of the prophets. Now, let me give you another scripture from 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace, that is, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be uh, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation, amen. Now that's the amplified version. So what it does, it takes a scripture and it says, let me expand that and I'll expand that in such a way in, in italics when you read it so you'll know that this is not the direct word. This is helping you to understand the depth of it. So sometimes you take, you read the word of God, and you go like, God, I, I, I just feel like there's more here. And so you start cross-referencing your Bible. You see what it says. And we learn by line upon line, right? Precept upon precept. That's how you learn it. You're reading the word of God, and you're going like, this is really cool. I mean, I'm reading here about about the sword of the spirit. Was there ever another sword in the Bible? And I go, I start reading about swords in the Bible and a God begins to pull all this stuff together for us. And so it is when God wants to do something in your life, he's gonna pull it all together for you. I wanna give you another word and it's the word praise. The word praise. Do you realize that praise dispels the enemy? God inhabits the praises of his people. If God inhabits the praise of his people, then who inhabits our criticism? You think about it, you can't serve two masters, the Bible says. You can't serve money and you can't serve God at the same time. You see, you serve God and you master money. You have to be the master of it. When you serve money, and you serve money when you worry about not having enough of it. That's serving money. It becomes your master, and all you can think about is not having enough money. When you serve God, now you master money. You have control over, you tell money what to do, money doesn't tell you what to do. Because, right, you're serving God. And when we get that divine flow wrong, it, it shakes everything up in our life. And there are people that I that just they make enough money, but they're always struggling. Man, I just know what I'm doing. I just can't make ends meet. I thought you got a big raise. I did, but I don't know where it went. Some of it is a mindset where you've allowed money to be your master. And you think your whole life is built around how much money you have, in, in cash flow, in and out, and all of those things. And God's saying, No, I am the Lord. I am the God. You humble yourself before me and I will lift you up. But if you try to let, if you try to control your environment, your situation, and you forget your position, you're gonna find yourself always hitting walls. You see? So God wants us to understand that prosperity is tied to faith. All right? They rose early. Look what it says. They went out in the wilderness of Koa, and he said, Hear me, O Jerusalem. Inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord, you will be established, and you will believe. And so God is bringing us to this place where he wants us to understand that, but he also wants us to understand that when we begin to praise God, you know, sometimes when I'm feeling like a little like down or a little bit discouraged or I'm trying to solve a problem, you know what I'll do? I'll just turn on praise music. I think there must be some demonic warfare going on in this because this is not natural for me. 
I'm just gonna start playing it and I'm just gonna start rejoicing in it. I'm gonna start thanking God for everything that I don't like. If you only thank God for the stuff you like, you don't understand praise. God, I wanna thank you for this adversity. I don't like it, but I'm gonna praise you for it because you're gonna work all things to the good. You, that's your promise. And I'm gonna lean into that. We've, even if I don't feel like it makes sense, you didn't get saved by faith, I mean by feeling. God saved by faith, amen? All right, so look what it says, Second Chronicles 20 and verse 20. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. I'm gonna praise God, but I'm gonna praise the beauty. You know what, why holiness is beautiful? Because it's pure. Do you ever, you ever like do something wrong, kind of like sin, and, and all of a sudden, how did you feel? How, you gotta... We've always heard about like, man, I, I don't got a clean conscience on this matter. Well, see, that's, that's the opposite of holiness, right? Holiness brings beauty to your life. It brings order to your life. So you want to lean into holiness of the Lord. You want to sing the beauty of the Lord. Look what it says, the beauty of his holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. God's mercy over you endures forever. And when, notice the word when, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come up against Judah and they were defeated. You know how God won the battle? He had all the enemies turn on each other. You don't have to fight your battles. God will take those, battle, those that come up against you and he will get them in a fight with themselves. That's what you want to see happen. You want to see divine intervention. I was uh, at dinner. We were at dinner last night with uh, some friends of ours, and we were talking about this new building. And I said, yeah, this new building I really like. It's $29 million. And, and uh, he said, well, where are you gonna, how are you going to pay for it? I said, no, I don't want to pay for it. I said, I don't want to buy anything. I want a miracle. So, well, when's it coming? I don't know. I'm just going to lean into it, do everything I know to do to pray and, see, and let God manifest what God manifests. So why do we need a new building? Do we really need a new building? Well, we've got three buildings right now. Be nice to have one building with everything in one place. I really believe with the school growing the way the school's growing and now starting the university and some of the things we're doing, you know, it would be wonderful to see that. But you know what? I'm not living for a building. I'm living for a miracle. If God pivots me and says, I got a different miracle for you, I'm fine with that. Doesn't matter to me. And so when you see here, it says, when they began to sing, when, do they, when did they get the victory? When they what? Began to sing. Some of you won't sing. You'll come in a worship service and not sing. I don't like the worship. I want the word. Well, then you, you got enemy attacking you. You don't have, you don't have the, 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 the barrier of God around you. It says, the Lord set ambushes against those people and defeat them. I love this scripture in Psalm 68.1. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Praise brings confusion in the camp of the enemy. It was in Exodus chapter 14. All of a sudden, they're in Exodus chapter 14, and look what it says. Let's get out of here, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for Israel against us. 1 Samuel chapter 10. The Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven. The Philistines were thrown in such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. Judges 7.22, Gideon, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Numbers chapter 10 and verse 35, rise up, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. 1 Samuel 14, suddenly 
Panic broke out in the Philistine camp, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties, and just then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. God wants to terrorize your enemies. You say, really? Well, that's what it says. If you're striving, you're losing. If you're striving in the kingdom, you're losing. You wanna allow the Spirit of God to work through that. You see, when you praise God, you silence the accusation of the enemy, of Satan himself. God, I'm gonna praise you. How can you praise God in a time like this? I just do it like this. God, I praise you. God, I praise you. Praise produces peace. Worry produces turmoil. I know people that have perfected worry. They have perfected complaining. They are experts. I don't even think they know they're doing it. I think it's the habit of their mouth has become the way of their life. And you say how you're doing and they instantly go into trouble mode. And I'm going, I'm just sitting there going like, I don't know if I can take much more of this. Man, I'm getting depressed. And then I'll look at them and I'll say, is there anything good happening? Just give me one thing. And when I say one thing, their whole countenance changes. They look different, they sound different. How many times have I gone up to, I mean, it just, it just happened last week. I went up and to, to buy something at a counter at a, at a, 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 I think a Starbucks or someplace like that, I can't remember where it was. And they were just like, so sad. I go, how's your day? All right. And they said, how's your day? Fantastic. Seven good days. God made seven good days. If there's, a, if there's a bad day, it's an eighth day I made it. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I look at them and I say, well, you know, you, you look like you're in pretty good health. You're in good health? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Oh, pretty good. You got a job? Yeah, yeah, I got a job. Are they paying you? Yeah, they're paying you. Oh, that's good. At least you get something out of this deal. You got any friends? Yeah, I got a few. That's better than none. I said, how are you feeling about your day now? He said, I feel better. Why? Because you're, you see, your mouth, you know, the speech center of your brain is tied to your nervous system. When you speak something out, your nerves respond from that speech center. It's just, it's just physiology. It's just biology. It's just the way God made you. And that's why the Bible says out, out of your mouth comes either words of life or words of death. When you start speaking life, God is going to work. God is doing this. God will, God will, God will. You don't have to see evidence of it. Just begin to speak it over you. When you begin to say praise produces peace. If you don't have peace, God, I wanna praise you today for the peace that I have that passes all understanding. God, I thank you for the situation I'm in, even though it doesn't look great. I know it's getting better, amen? And I know, God, you're on the way. You're gonna fight my battles. I'll get through this. I'll get through this better than I've ever thought I would in the past. And so what I want you to do is I want you all to stay Stand up, and we're going to praise God. I want everybody, even the bad singers, to sing. Amen. And I want you to sing loud and unto the Lord. Amen. Because when we praise Him, what does the enemy do? Dispersed. He's silenced. All right. Let's. This is our battle cry right now. Victory in Jesus. Amen.